listening to the Lone Star Play podcast with your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. I'm really excited to talk to you, actually. Um, I I did an interview with uh, David Ball and Gary Nunn about your father's band, Uncle Walt's band, like last year, I think. They had a CD that was going out for um, Waterloo Ice House. It was like a live yes uh, it was awesome oh my gosh um so many things to say uh amazing so it's an honor for me man to talk to you to be honest thank you uh, so yeah thank you for coming on um you got some big stuff happening i saw the austin music award nominations recently so congratulations to you my man thank you um nominated again um won it several times before and uh Starting to think like, are there any of the string players in town? I know there are. <laughs> I think I think the difference is that most string players, myself included, uh, play for other people. So the other names are what you're going to see in the paper and on the marquee. And I think I'm one of the rare exceptions where the string players fronting the band and, and print a lot. That's so. that's really what it is, man. You're you're also you know a lead singer. That's uh, that's cool, right? It's like it is different. That is different. That's what makes you so cool, man. Absolutely. I kind of learned that a long time ago that yeah. um, I grew up, you know, my dad, um, of course, in Uncle Walt's band was um, a lead singer and a front guy. And uh, all of them were, they were all lead singer front men. Uh, but the second half of his career was all um, sideman work. Mostly he played for, for everybody. And uh, so I grew up kind of idolizing the side guy. When, when he would play with Lyle, I was checking out that on guitar and I was checking out the steel player. And I was like, Oh, those guys are amazing. And I was more, geeked out and nervous to meet the the sad guys in the band than i was whoever was the on the marquee <laughs> and so i kind of grew up doing that and and uh it was probably when i was like 25 and i had been doing that for like 10 years that i was really wait a minute the guy singing gets a lot more money and attention <laughs> <laughs> i can do that <laughs> i can do that is that all they do i can do that that's no problem. What a so, great, uh, you know what? This podcast is for the side guys out there, right? I love that. I love the side guys and I am a side guy. Still, I am for a lot of people. Uh, and that's kind of how I've been able to make my whole career work is that uh, it's probably a good 50-50 split at this point between money that I make with um, touring with somebody else or playing studio work for somebody else versus my own band getting private parties. Um, my band doesn't really headline anywhere. We, we kind of do pretty well in our residency here in Austin. But uh, I do a lot of house concerts and a lot of, uh, you know, little uh, private parties and events like that. And so, you know, there's a path to success for all y'all listening out there without being, quote unquote, discovered. <laughs> Love that. Love hearing this stuff. Absolutely, man. Um, wh where's your um, residency at? Is it at, still at ABGB's? Yeah, we've been doing about seven years now every Wednesday at the ABGB in Austin. And um, it's going great. We have a, it's a dance band bass drums, electric guitars, and, and I front it with a fiddle. And so you're going to hear everything from, it's mostly originals, but we do some Uncle Walt's band music too. And uh, it's country, blues, rock and roll, pop, just anything that'll keep them, keep them dancing. Hell yeah, man. Uh, and, uh, you know, RIP to the owner of uh, ABGB, I think he passed away a couple Mark of years ago. Mark Jensen, yeah. yeah. One of the owners. Um, one of the owners, correct. He's the reason we are there. He, he and, and he was kind of... Uh, Remind me a lot of Clifford Antone in the, in the sense that he was there every night, kind of walking around the tables, shaking hands, talking. He was yeah. the face of the franchise and real personable. You know, we'd been playing there for a year and I didn't think much of it. And he's like, you know what next week is, right? It's like, what? It's like a year since you started your gig here. Like, okay, cool. 
And then he's like, we're going to do something for it. All right. And I showed up the next day and he had this giant cake with our name on it one year and enough for like the whole bar and we like hand out cake to everybody <laughs> what? and just made it a whole event and oh, pictures shit. and Facebook posts. And I was like, Oh, and you know, it, it, it was special to him, but also he's a, he's a businessman and it was very smart of him to like have something to promote. So he was well, of course truly a unique, good man. No, that's awesome. My wife um, watched his kids for a few years, actually. They're uh, great. I've met them a few times, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, man. Uh, you said you got a couple kids yourself, right? How old are you, Mark? I am about to turn 40, believe it or not. I'm 39 and I'll be 40. You are not. No way. No mm -hmm. fucking way. That's, that's Sorry, part I, of my French. Jesus. That's what I, I thought get. I mean, my goodness, dude, what are you drinking? We all need to play fiddle, y'all. This is what keeps you young. I think wow. music is part of it. And I think, uh, you know, I, I treat myself pretty well, but I, I eat red meat and whiskey, and I think there's something to uh, preserve uh, it. <laughs> I do that, too. I think that's uh, just part of living. I think, if I I think, think. <laughs> some preservatives have an effect in there. Everybody <laughs> I know who's like all healthy all the way all the time, they seem to get sick a lot. I'm just saying. I'm with you, man. Well, like I owned a food truck in Austin for many years called Boca on Rainy Street um, and South Side, uh, where there are Barton Springs as well. I had a place on West, West Six too. Um, yeah, man, food is very important. Um, and people have a misconception because they follow the, what we call the halo terms, which are like organic and this and right. that which they just lie to you about anyway i don't want to get into all that yeah but it's uh <laughs> it's a whole nother thing uh no that's awesome man i'm 43 and i, I actually if i shave i have a baby face people never believe how old i am either right. uh, as soon as i have a little beard a little gray all of a sudden oh 40 yeah i can believe that damn what happened right what would happen i used to get carded for cigarettes yeah. and, and alcohol once in a while once in a while it depends on the age of the bartender Gosh, yeah, man. I mean, you you take the cake, bro. I thought I had the baby face. You take the cake, man. That's awesome. Listen, it right, live it up. When I was yeah. younger, I hated it because I, I was like, I, right, I wanted to look older. I hated it. It bothered me. Well, people but, treat you differently, and you would get exactly. Less like, yes, hey, talking, talking to a right? kid, but I'm thirty. You know, I'm a grown <laughs> person. I have a kids and a job and a family, and I pay taxes. So I talk to you that way. <laughs> Oh, shit. I get it, man. Absolutely. But as the older you get, you're like, thank you for the baby face, right? As the older you get, yes. it's just even better. So no, that's awesome, man. Wow. Um, wow. That's amazing. What, um, what are all the nominations you got exactly for Austin Music? You got best... Um, I get strings. Uh, and strings. It's, it's, most years I win strings. And uh, actually, I'm, I'm up for a Hall of Fame this year, which is. Yeah, Hall of Fame. That's what I wanted to bring up. Um, because, I think that's uh, great. It's, it feels a little premature, but I'm, I'm honored. And if I, I'll accept graciously if I win it. But there's some people in that category who have been here a lot longer than I have. And, uh, you know, there's still time for me. I, I will I, it, talking about feeling a little older. I will definitely feel a little older if they. Took I'm in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that does. Uh, uh, you're right. It does. <laughs> My dad is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, I don't know about uh, other members of that band. They weren't really Austin staples, though he was. Sure. Um, they were for a long time. They they definitely lived here and made music in Austin for a long time, uh, but that was a long time ago. So I don't. That's one of my my gripes about Austin is it seems to too easily forget its past, and I feel like 
other cities have done a better job of kind of preserving where the music scene came from. It didn't just fall out of nothing. It was started by not just Uncle Walt's band, but a lot of their peers, people that were here in the 70s and 80s um, making it that. And I feel like uh, ever since kind of New Austin's kind of taken over, it's just kind of like stomping out what was here. And, you know, there's no Ernest Tubb record track. Well, I guess there's not one in Nashville anymore either, but they, you still like people know who uh, Hank Williams is in Nashville, you know, but they don't know who Doug Stom is here in Austin. It's a great point, man. Um, you know, I've noticed uh, no, the nominations. So Bob Schneider's a pretty good friend of mine, and he um, he does the intro to our show. I've had him on the show several times. Whatever, we, we get along great. I've been in his band for a long time, too. I, uh, he had a bluegrass band. I was in his band for like seven years. Oh, wow. There you I'm go. I'm a big Bob fan, too. Yes. So, oh, my yeah. God. Huge One Bob fan. Most prolific writers I've ever met. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Bob's amazing. Um, in fact, every time we get on to talk, we never talk what we're supposed to talk about because no, he there's nobody start going talking about nothing. Right? I mean, Bob is the great. I texted that the other day. I said, Bob, you you literally have to be one of my most favorite people to talk to. Just period, mm-hmm. because it can just we will talk for three and a half hours and look, both look at the what? Oh my god, we got. I gotta go. We got things to do. Uh, yeah, he's amazing, man. No, that's great to hear. Um, well, what I was gonna say about him is he. Um, he was always nominated as album come on you just see just taking over right. categories right and then i think it was the last album potentially that he released that didn't happen right. uh, you know and i thought oh the guard is changing right like these right. things are starting to change and i have noticed the past uh nominations just sort of some new people I, coming in i was surprised that i was still in there looking at the rest of the categories i um usually i know everybody nominated or at least most of them and i didn't know any of them uh and not to say that not to knock anything against who is nominated of course of course our town has doubled in size over the past several years yeah a lot of new talented people here um but i was a little shocked to not see you know david grissom in the guitar category or james mcmurtry in the songwriter category just like all the some of the people that you're used to seeing like you'd understand if like a few are missing but they were all missing yeah that's and, a good point point. and i was so. kind of like oh and i i don't know what that's about but i was a little surprised you know it's um i don't know new people to, i don't even know about that stuff to be honest I, every time i try to talk to bob he's just like i don't really care. he just doesn't care about that stuff man like he could yeah. care less um yeah shout out to james mcmurtry i've had him on a few times he sang one of the most beautiful songs i ever heard in my life on the podcast i was in tears it's like james please stop i'm not supposed to cry um that guy's amazing absolutely um we're interviewing uh mobley um on friday have you heard of that guy yes he's great he's amazing really he love his stuff all his accolades that he's yeah man to. he's great um ruthie foster shout out to ruthie foster mm-hmm. um she's also amazing i mean yeah austin is just full of just amazing people man it kind of pisses me off a little because like <laughs> god damn there's just so wherever you go into in a place in austin yeah it could be anywhere you walk in there's two people listening but it's the most amazing thing you've ever heard we yeah. take it for granted it gets taken for granted in austin a lot i think yeah well, and you and you get that from the crowds too like uh, whenever i go on the road and do the same show you in austin people flip out like they've never seen live music before <laughs> but here you're you're lucky to like if they even notice you just play a song and clap after it's over exactly they clap for the dancers more than, <laughs> and they're like 
you know yeah that's funny yeah you're right man it's um yeah it, it's, so, it's so like, interesting it is good if you can uh if you can make it here you can make it anywhere you know? it kind of is true though man it kind of is um it, it is kind of a good uh it's like um what was it in the 90s? I mean, for a long time, what, what's that place in New York where people would go and perform and like they would just throw shit at you if you didn't do well? Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, the, oh you're talking about, uh, uh, if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. Oh man, for our listeners, viewers, please put that down in the comments for us. Uh, we're not live, by the way, <laughs> but, but when they listen or watch it, um, what that place is. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, it's kind of that mentality. You no, know, you just got to really bring your A game. And um, yeah, man, no, that's cool. So you've been playing. I watched this cool interview with you. You've basically been, you know, you're watching your dad. I mean, you, so you've been playing since you were yeah. basically pick up an instrument, let's say. Oh, uh, kind of. I, um, my, I, my dad used to take me to all of his shows from, from a very early age. I might've even been, I was probably a baby. Um, but, uh, from the age of five, I know he was just taking me to his gigs without any like extra super, uh, or, or adult supervision. So <laughs> the he good was old like, days, bro. And I would sit at the front table with like usually Pat Marshall, this old lady that was there every week. And for like 15 years, she was there every week. Anyway, I would sit there and draw Ninja Turtles and eat food. And he kind of, you know, I was like five feet away from him where the stage was, but I would just kind of sit there and hang out. And by the time I was like seven, he was taking me every Tuesday to the Continental Club where he was playing with Tony Price. And I was just kind of like oh. running around the bar at age seven, playing <laughs> pool in the back uh like just kind of just being there and and was kind of looked after by the regular fans and uh some of the wait staff and so and that was the case everywhere i went green hall you know he, i just like palled around with him to all of his gigs and i wasn't super interested in music yet i was more into sports at that point and art and fishing so if he took me to green hall i would you know, he'd open his trunk, get his fiddle and guitar out and go to Green Hall and I'd get my fishing pole out and go down to the river and see you in four hours. <laughs> and and uh, but at the same time, I was like, you know, at Thread Gills and Continental, I was listening. And I think that's the hardest part of of learning any instrument is the language of music. And that's why, like, some people can play any instrument is because they're really good at speaking the language of music. They understand in tune and harmony and rhythm and melody. And uh, so they can pick up anything and it's a matter of months before they kind of figure out how to make a sound out of it. Um, and so by the time I picked up a fiddle when I was 11, I already knew what it was supposed to sound like and what in tune and out of tune was. And I already had melodies in my head to play. And so I excelled very quickly uh, at age 11. And by the time I was 13, I had been playing for two years. I was sitting in with his band and I was starting to play with Bruce Robinson and Charlie Robinson when I was like 15 or 16. And that was my first road gig was Charlie Robinson. And uh, just kind of uh, it snowballed from there. I've never had a real job. <laughs> I just kind of went straight from living at home and playing gigs to uh, living on my own and playing gigs. And I went to Berkeley and Boston and came back and and never looked back. And I've just been gigging ever since. No, that's amazing. Um, what uh, what made you want to go up to Berkeley? You know, I had the opportunity and I had a lot of great mentors in my life telling me that I should take that opportunity, including members of the bands I was touring in and people that had been doing this thing for 20 something years saying, this is going to be here when you get back. You're not missing anything. Go take this. You will regret it if you don't. And because I kind of thought like, oh, man, I got the sweet gig. I'm never going to uh, give this up. 
And uh, I'm so glad I did because they, they were right that, uh, you know, the road gets old after a while and there's always another gig. And um, you only have that kind of opportunity at that age, really, to, to, to improve yourself like that. The older you get, the harder it is to get better. <laughs> I'm finding you kind of I still feel like I play like I'm 20 sometimes <laughs> I'm just frozen in time like that's you know but a lot of the great players are like they they kind of like find their sound early on and that's who they are for most of their careers um, with some exceptions of course sure um, but I uh, yeah I, I really I, when I got out of there and I came home I felt like I was worse than when I went in it was like they crammed too much knowledge in my brain there was too many things trying to come out at once I can remember a Bruce Robinson gig where uh, we're playing the Broken Spoke and we're probably doing like a Willie Nelson song or something. And I started playing like jazz and he's like singing a verse and just kind of side eyes me. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know where that came from. I have no idea. And it took me like a good five years to kind of forget what I learned. But at this point, I, I feel like it's come back around and I'm better now because I went then than I would be if I had never gone. Uh, sure. But it took a long time. I had to come back to Austin and hear some blues and hear some country and uh, remember what music's all about, the, the the camaraderie and the social scene and the fun and all that stuff. And, you know, not just be stuck in a, and isolated in a practice room trying to, you know, play the coolest jazz line you can. You know, it's very different than actually being out there among the people and performing. Yeah, absolutely, man. That sounds like a food journey um, for chefs. The, the same thing happens. Um, they go, they learn all these techniques and these things, and so they want to show you on every plate they present to you. Right. And then, and then you learn. The key isn't to show you everything I can do with every dish. The key is to give you what you need for that dish. Yeah, that's it. Right. It's like a surgeon who goes in to do heart surgery. He's not like, well, let me do brain and this and that too, because I know how to do it all. No, right. I need to do this, I, even though I learned all of this. Right. So I get that as a musician, you learn all these things. So you got a solo coming up. Oh, yeah, I'm a ever. They're going to hear everything I know how to do right here. Right. right? Yeah. Exa instead of, well, what does this song need in this moment for this crowd or whatever it may be? Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's the true enlightenment is you come out the other top of it um, and give them exactly what they need. Um, yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome that you've that you figured that out. Some people never do, to be honest with yeah. you. They never. Well, I'm still out. working on it. I mean, sure. I, yeah. Well, it should be an endless journey, right? Um, that would yes. be kind of weird if it just stopped. You're like, well, I'm at my peak. This is it. I'll never. I well, mean, what's the point? I don't know. Almost my, my you know, I, I talk to people after shows and, and my favorite comment to get is, wow, you're even better than last time I saw you. <laughs> like, when when that stops happening, then maybe it is time to hang it up. You know, what like, an odd compliment. It is. It's kind of an. I would never dare to say that to somebody. I, I'm glad you take it well. Yeah. <laughs> odd to say that to somebody. Like you look better than last time I saw you. Like, uh -huh. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wait a second. How did I look last time? Shit. Uh, yeah. No, that's funny. Um, no, that's great, man. I, I can imagine the compliments you get. Um, who are some other uh, fiddle players or string players, as you might call them, that you sort of look up to and respect right, like now that are out playing and about? Oh, man, there's so many. Um, you know, uh, I get my, my number one hero is Stuart Duncan. 
and he's uh, the fiddle on. Uh, if you just look up what he's played on, it's everything. So like <laughs> your, your, favorite, your favorite albums for the last twenty five years. If there's right. fiddle on it, it's probably him. Okay. Um, some of the younger guys I like is uh, Alex Hargraves plays with uh, Billy Strings. He's really great. Uh, Luke Bullas and Lyle's band. He's really great. Um, Casey Dreesen. Um, whenever I meet uh, young string players at a show that are maybe classical players and they're just beginning to improvise and they come up and kind of ask for advice I tell them to go YouTube Casey Dreesen and Stuart Duncan. Wow. Love that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and that will probably call up some other things uh, for you to go check out. Um, funny thing is though, that like I play fiddle, but I don't really listen to a lot of fiddle music or try or playing a lot of bands that have fiddle really. Like uh, most of my career has been playing in bands that don't have fiddle and finding a way to make my instrument sound relevant next to the electric guitars. So I play with Alejandro Escovedo. Sometimes I was in the Bodines for a while. Um, my band is not a bluegrass or a country band. Um, and so uh, I, I probably listened to more of the, the blues guitars, guitar heroes than I did anything else. You know, Freddie King, Albert King, Albert Collins, B.B. King, all the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Otis Rush, stuff like that, and 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 wanted, you know, if I could play guitar like that, then I probably would have. Um, but I played fiddle, wow. so I was trying to like, you know, play fiddle in a manner that uh, would kind of fit with that, you know. But you can't play guitar. Can you- I can, but I've got two of the best guitar players in the world in my band, so I rarely pull it out. Willie Pipkin and Marshall Hood uh, are just phenomenal players, and. There's no need for a third guitar solo after sure, they've sure. played two. No, I and get it. if one of them's out of town, uh, I will bring out an acoustic guitar, but I really can't play electric very well. Like I'm okay on acoustic, but uh, it's amazing different how different of an animal they really it are. It really is. Well, uh, because acoustic is like, you really got to lean in, I think, and electric is, it yeah. really shows how much you can pull back. You know what I right. mean? Right. And it's, I, it's I play so like different. too hard to, to pull that out of electric. And I like, my left hand might bump one of the strings and on an, on an acoustic, you don't notice it. On yeah. Electric, it's, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I get it. Absolutely, man. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, so, but you know, I'm assuming you write songs still on the acoustic, right? I, or I write songs right? on, on the guitar mostly and the mandolin. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Shit. How many instruments do you really play? I'm you not know, saying live, guitar, but just, you know, guitar, mandolin. I'll write songs on piano. Sometimes I can't really play in time on a piano, like hold a groove down. Sure. Um, but I know where all the notes are and I can like try to find a chord progression or make voicings and try to work out a part I'm stuck on. Maybe yeah. I'll start something on acoustic guitar and keep coming to this part that I can't figure out. And I'll go transfer it to piano to try to learn like what the next thing is that I'm trying to find. That's awesome, man. Wow. Yeah, it always amazes me. Someone that plays one instrument, you always find out. Yeah, they can tinker around on three or four or five. I'm always amazed at someone like like Cullen, who can play uh, like steel and trumpet and cello and like oh things that are God. unrelated to each yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I can understand how someone plays a bunch of string instruments or a bunch of horns. Sure. But sure. to like be like, you can't play steel and trumpet. It's not. Fair. Right, and he's a great drummer too. Just happens or something, uh-huh. you know. You're like, God damn it, who is this guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, well, man, some some people have it. Uh, like I tell Bob, it's like, you know, some people have it, man, and you have it. I'm just like, dude, you have it. Like you have that thing. Like he's like, no, I think I just really believed in myself. No, Bob, 
yes, that probably too, but like you have it, you know, some people just have it, man. I don't know. You can just see it. Um, yeah. I remember Bob play. once told, told me, he's like, I don't think songwriting, songwriting is something you can get better at. I think you're just kind of like stuck. Just, uh, That's interesting. Yeah. Like you're just like who you say. are. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, sometimes I, I wonder like, cause I've always thought like you can get better at singing and, and playing your instrument and it's just like practice over and over again. But and maybe like reading more books <laughs> helps you with writing, but I do feel like I kind of like write about as well now as I always did. And uh, I don't know how Bob feels about himself, but he, he yeah, he once said that in a conversation and that's interesting. Kind of stuck with me. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a, he, well, you know, because he writes us, he does that song club, right? So he wants or writes right. a song a week. He's invited uh, me to that, and I've just always said, "No way, man. There's there's no way I can write a song in like six weeks, like uh, with my." I'm just so busy with the kids and with sure. everything else that I really have time to sit down and write a song. And there's nothing worse for me than trying to write a song under pressure. I've for, it forcing times. it out. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's, it's yeah. terrible. That's it's, how he puts uh, all the songs for his albums come from, from the song club. You yeah. Know? I didn't know that. Um, that blew me away. The first time he told me, I was like, Oh really? Like, it's not like, Oh, okay. I do this on the side. And then when it's album time, okay, let's get some writing. No, no, no. He just picks from all those songs that he wrote and what, what are the best ones? And let's go with that. And I yeah. found that so fascinating. Yeah. He's a fascinating character. Yeah. With, with songwriting, that is interesting. Um, so you think you've been writing more or less the same. Um, I mean, I think I've, I've different stuff a maybe. Bit. Yeah. I've there you go. Change my style. Yeah. Sure. but it's pretty much the same i uh i've i've got what does more... that mean to write a better song right like what does that actually mean right because a um, song can be simple right it could be one two three chords and be beautiful better is not the right term for it but you know any you look at any songwriter they have a definite style that's unique to them themselves yeah and so i think he's commenting more on you're kind of who you are you're kind of born who you are i see and uh you know, and so um, it's just like a talent, like anything else like that happens to be that person's talent is to yeah. plop songs out that all sound kind of like this, that are all kind of sure. have a thing, have yeah. a vibe. And uh, so I think that's what he means. Like you don't get better at being you, at you. you're just kind of, you can hone it, but you're kind of born who you are. Yeah. And I've uh, kind of thought that too on, on, a, on a greater level, like with looking at my kids' personalities that like, you're just kind of born who you are. They're so yeah. different. And like you know, your parents can only do so much. Sure, <laughs> and the world can only do so much, right? So yeah, much, you know? yeah. There's so many wonderful people that come from terrible backgrounds, and terrible people that come from wonderful backgrounds, and you just and and the mix of the two, and you know, just kind of like uh, you're just kind of born who you are. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You just sort of lean into it. Um, I was going to mention one thing about songwriting that I've uh, I've started doing a lot more co-writing on the internet that. Uh, I, I'm more when I get stuck now, uh, I'm much quicker to throw my hands up and just be like, I'm just going to send this song off to a friend of mine and let them finish the words. I find melodies come really easy to me. I can write chord progressions and melodies all day long, like nothing, just like out of any genre, any, you know, jazz or not jazz, like, you know, whatever is called for. And then when it comes to the lyrics, I can write 10 versions of a song and not like any of them and send my melody off to a lyricist friend of mine. And uh, the first draft, I'm like, great. And I often wonder, like, is it just because I didn't write it that I like it, sure. that I only didn't like the other ones because I wrote it? And that's yeah. the hard part is like, you know, knowing if what you wrote is good or not. 
And uh, I, yeah, man, I I don't <laughs> think anybody. Well, what do they say about like sports players, for instance? Right? They say a good a good player or a great player will tell everyone how great they are. Like a legend, they t they tell them right. Like the world talks about them on their own, right? right? And when it comes to songwriting, that's interesting. It's like it's really difficult to judge your own stuff, right? Because it's art, right? It's it's art, so it's very subjective. Um, so it is kind of difficult to know. I think it is good to just bounce it off of people and get their yeah. opinion on it. Uh, absolutely, man. Well, I don't the guitar player in my band, Willie Pipkin, is that uh, we've been playing together since I was like fourteen, and he was twenty-one. He's like my best friend, and and uh, he's kind of my bullshit meter. And so there you go. <laughs> I, he, he hears everything first, and I can count <laughs> on him for a, an honest response of like this, the spot I might need to check out. Yeah. That's what you need. Absolutely. That's the guy that told me to cut off my ponytail. He's like, dude, Frank Sinatra ever have a ponytail? <laughs> That's a true friend. That is, I love it, man. <laughs> like, All right, fair enough. You know? Oh, shit. I'm trying to grow out a ponytail myself. That's the first time I've I ever had, had long hair. I mean, I had another one 10 years later during COVID. I grew another one and then I, I cut it off. I was like, man, why did I do that again? <laughs> Well, I've never done it, so I think that's why I'm growing my hair out. I've never had long hair. I've always maybe had pretty short hair. Maybe it'll work for you. I, my, mother, my mother always, this is going to sound so ridiculous, but my mother um, always loved Steven Seagal when I was growing up. <laughs> and she wanted me to have a ponytail like that. So there yeah, may he's be a musician too. Is he really? If you ever talk to Red Volkart, ask him about playing with Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal's a musician? Yeah, I think he plays like harmonica or guitar or something. I, I mean, what? So he's a sheriff in Louisiana. He's a martial artist, actor. I did not know. Um, I just know he hired Red Volkart to play some guitar at one point. That is hilarious. Wow. Wow. Okay, my mind's a little blown here, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, have you ever heard of... Um, sorry to jump around here. This is what I do. Um, have you ever heard of Max Johnson? No. He played with uh, Wilco... And then he went so he played with the Gourds. Have you heard of the Gourds? Very well, yeah. So he played with the Gourds. He's not with uh, Kevin anymore. Um, but I know he, for me, so he was probably, the best fiddler I, probably, I ever, ever, ever saw. He was the best fiddler player I ever saw in person. I've probably met him. And I bet like you have. Now, uh, no, please. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's very. Um, uh, he's well, very like, introvert. He doesn't talk to people. I, he avoids people. So. That wouldn't put it past me. I did many uh, uh, a Gord's show talking to Kevin and the band and uh, yeah. just guy with names. He wouldn't be talking to you. He'd be in a corner not wanting to talk mm -hmm. to anybody. He's very to himself. He hates people. He hates talking <laughs> to people. He, he, did a, he did a solo album, and I helped him on it. He recorded part of my house. I, I sang some background for him, you know, vocals and stuff like that. And really just, like, forcing him to get this album out. I was like, dude, you, 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 you're amazing. And he just doesn't think anything of himself, you know, to, to put it out. And I often wonder, like, how many people is that held back in music, right? That that just don't have any faith in themselves at all, even with the world around them telling them, no, no, you're good. This is good. You know what? It, it, I don't know. Like, at what point does confidence too much? And right. Like, how do you balance right. that? Like believing in yourself and not over believing in yourself, because then you could start to play bad stuff. Right. 
right? And you don't know it well, or whatever. I don't know. It's a, uh, it, it's a roller coaster of extremes. I don't know what it is for everybody. I'm going to talk from my own experience. But uh, after like a really great show or, or, or for, for me, music too is like, I'll, I'll borrow a quote from John Baptiste and give him credit where it's due. Uh, he said uh, music for him is a, is a spiritual journey. And I was like, well, that's, that's why I do it. Because I was thinking like, why do I do this? Because it's not for money and I could give two shits about fame. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, in fact, I would rather not be famous. I think famous people are, have, have, a, have it really rough sometimes. I agree. Um, and and I, he, what he said spoke to me. He's like, yeah, that's why I do it. That's why I get as much satisfaction out of practicing alone and getting you know the best I can be as I do performing. Um, I'm in, I, it's the same for me. And so... Uh, I ride that roller coaster of extremes of like, you know, have a really good show and I will feel like I played really well and just like, wow, that was, that's, I, I am getting better. I'm great. Followed by a night where I didn't feel very good and get kind of depressed for a, a day about like, Oh, I've been doing this 20 years and I am no better than when I started. Yeah. And so I feel like um, on those high days, you kind of like, check out your songs and you're like, yeah, I am really good. <laughs> and on low day, <laughs> check them out. And you're like, this is garbage. And then you have to kind of have uh, the wherewithal to know that neither of those are true. <laughs> and that is somewhere in the middle and um, kind of like, you know, be honest with yourself. And, and, and uh, for me, l listening to a song, like maybe I'll make myself a little demo of a new song on my, my, my phone. And I'll listen to it at different points of the day or different days. So like maybe the first thing in the morning, fresh ears, or maybe right before going to bed or in the middle of the night or driving around in the car and be like, is this, you know, what I think it is. And yeah. So that, that's kind of me is like taking samples at different times. That's a great idea actually, to be honest. Yeah. Cause you're in a different mindset. Uh, no, I get that completely. Um, so, you know, you probably feel like you're, best work is ahead of you then are you still young you're still i do young as hell i do uh my last record is 10 years old and i'm so over it wish i could redo the whole thing which is i think how you're supposed to feel about every record i'm you make. sure of course i'm three sure three years of it being done you're just like oh i can <laughs> sing write and play better now i want to redo the whole thing and so i've had my next record done in my head for like five years but i don't have time with the kids but uh, the youngest will be in kindergarten in September, and I hope to start recording another album then. And I've got a bunch of albums in my brain. I want to do uh, with my rock band, like a full band album. I want to do an instrumental record. I want to do kind of a country slash bluegrass acoustic sounding record. And um, I would oh, like to yeah. do a Uncle Walt's band tribute record, too. Oh, man, that would uh, be sick. Yeah. And so uh, I've got, yeah, I got my work cut out for me. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's great, man. To be honest with you, a lot of people don't know where they want to go or the things that they want to do. And mm -hmm. I think that can impede them for sure. Um, that's good, man. You got a vision of, you know, what, what, what's touring like right now? There's no touring for me. I go out on like three long weekends a year. Okay. Uh, usually with the Waybacks, the band that I played in for going on 20 years now based out of San Francisco. And uh, we kind of go to our three spots where we do well and uh, have a great time, catch up with each other, make a bunch of money and go home, you know, Thursday, <laughs> Sunday kind of thing. And I've got like um, 
three or four bands, including the South Austin Jug Band, that get together once a year for something. I do a thing with Ian Moore once a year, and so that's kind of it. I I, I try to be home for the for my family, and I'm kind of daytime dad. My wife works from the house, and I uh, play locally, and that's kind of what I see happening for the foreseeable future. And I'm 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 good with that. When people say like, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" It's like, well, maybe you know the gigs are a little better and pay a little more <laughs> but i'm kind of doing it you know i'm making a living playing music and absolutely and be home with my family and so i feel good i for me like i said it's that spiritual quest of like trying to uh always get better writing more songs uh honing my craft and and making albums and and putting them out there and so i want to i want to keep doing that i just like being creative and working on something i get uh I feel like I always got to be moving. I'm not happy when I, I stand still for too long. So sure. I got to, I got to get back in the studio and get working on these four albums in my head. And, <laughs> and, and in the meantime, what keeps me going is when I do have free time, I am, I pick the guitar off the wall and, and work on one of the songs I want to record. And I'm always changing a chord here and there, or a word here and there, or changing a, a bridge or, or something, or coming up with some cool idea for maybe a string intro to a song that has nothing to do with that song, but just is an intro. And so I'm always kind of like, before an album is made, I get in album mode where I am kind of obsessed with the 12 songs I want to record and how to uh, present them and, and what instrumentation I'm going to use and how the arrangement is going to go and acoustic or electric and all that kind of stuff. Uh, whereas I feel like a lot of songwriters are like, uh, I haven't written my songs yet. I'm going to keep writing until that great song comes up. For me, I feel like sure. the songs are already there. It's how am I going to present them? You That's know? interesting. And that, you know, Beatles are one of my favorite bands, a lot of people's favorite band, I guess. And one thing that strikes me when I listen to them is how did they figure out uh, that that song was just going to be strings and vocal and not full band? Or how did they figure out that was going to be the drum part? Because I feel like any song I write is either going to be like a straight eight beat or a shuffle. And the drummer is going to know exactly what to do. Cause that's what everybody's always done. But how did they know like, no, this has some weird melodic drum part and bass line. And so for me, going back to those songs I've already written and trying to figure out like, what am I going to tell the drummer to play to make this cool? <laughs> yeah, man. That's, that's well, a song could be a story, right? It's like, what does this story need? What characters does it need? I.e. the musicians, right? Like what does it right. need in there? And I think a lot of it really just comes down to choice. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think it's yeah. just whatever you want. It's like, right. I just, yeah, I just think um, that that is the frustrating part about recording music or writing music. Um, is it can go a bazillion ways. So well, sometimes just, I write a song you know, as a ballad and then I think like, wait a minute, I have too many ballads. So I double time it and, yeah. and add some funky bass line. I'm like, wait, well now the song works better yeah. like this. Totally. So I'm like, well, what other ballads have I written that would sound better as an upbeat rock song? And then I go back and I'm like, wait a minute, that rock song sounds better as a ballad. Yeah. And so like, you know, it's just like, it's an endless can of worms to open when you finally, when you open Pandora's box like that and, uh, that's, that's been the hardest part for me is, is like, how does this song supposed to go? Sure. <laughs> and, I, and my band right. is, it, it, I think getting annoyed with me because I keep showing up and be like, all right, guys, before the show, I'm like backstage, I'm like, we're going to play this song on halftime slow. <laughs> like what? Or like, guys, I rewrote the chords to the bridge. Here's a chart. When we get to the bridge, play these chords instead. And, and I use ABGB as our rehearsal. And I like, oh, I love that. I will show up and, 
I'll be like, tonight we're going to play this song as a rumba. And then like, just like, you know, put keep the bass and the drums on their toes, like change the groove on this song. Yeah. I like that, man. I, I think that's cool. Um, yeah, again, I, I really don't, th I think a song can just go a million ways. I know every song I've ever written, I send to somebody else who is like, you, you know, not, not for them to necessarily. Yeah. I do want them to change it. What, what would you do to this song? What would you right. do here? What would you do that? And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I would have never thought of that. You know, I would have never gone there in my mind. You know, um, I, I find that fascinating, um, that sort of collaboration. Um, right. If you look up Beatle covers, uh, you will hear like 500 versions of the same song. Yeah. In every language, with every instrumentation, from classical piano solo to like Good big point. band, swing, whatever. And you can do any song in any manner you want. And so yeah. it kind of becomes of like, well, what am I presenting? And my band is already kind of all over the map between blues, country, jazz, rock and roll, whatever, uh, psychedelic. And, and it's like, what, a, what am I going to present? What, what, what am I? And you get to choose. <laughs> and I haven't chosen. And so all my albums are all over the map. And if there's, that's probably my Achilles heel is, is the, uh, uh, I've never been categorized in, in the moment somebody describes me as something like someone said like bluegrass crooner Warren Hood. I was like, well, never do it either of those again. Yeah. <laughs> I will not play bluegrass or croon. Thank you very much. And so I just, you know, I, I'm all over the map. And so, you know, anytime we open for a band, it's very apparent that uh, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm not Americana or rock or blues or uh, I'm none of these things. And so, you know, I just, I listen to it all. I like it all. And I am not a, afraid to combine them all into one thing. That's awesome, man. That's just a love for music and performing and right. And being with your buddies and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and playing live, I would imagine. Right. Like that's it. It's, it's the crowd almost disappears in, a, in right. some sense, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting for each member of the band. Like I think the drummer has a lot of fun with me because it's, you know, it's like he's got to play a blues shuffle on one thing and then a samba on the oh, next song. He's got to yes. play a New Orleans yes. funky drumline groove on the next thing. Yes. And it's not just like a blues gig or a rock gig or whatever. Yes. Yes. Every song's a different feel. You can zone out like that very easily, right? Uh, mm -hmm. As a player, um, for sure. No, man, that's that's awesome. Um, well, um, look, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Like, what I'll just ask a couple more questions. What, um, First of all, where can people check out your stuff? Like, what's the easiest way for people to, you know, look into you here? Uh, my website, warrenhood.com. Uh, we do play every Wednesday at the ABGB. Um, there's a lot of YouTube clips up uh, of us. Um, we recently played a, an acoustic show at the Monkey Duck, and that's up on YouTube already. And uh, I'm on oh. Facebook, but most of the Facebook posts are about my kids, so. <laughs> yeah mucky duck okay that's what it's called i thought it was called mcnoggins i've been calling oh, they call it, it mcgonagall's mucky duck and like if you look it up on the internet okay. it's like mcgonagall's mucky duck but people call it the mucky duck no wonder bob was looking at me oh and weird. that that uh, new york club's the apollo the apollo <laughs> apollo theater yes live at the apollo yes live at the apollo yes that same sort yes exactly um okay yeah i i kept calling it mcnoggins and bob was like yeah McNog bob was like yeah mcnoggins and i was like what's wrong with that you know i didn't get it till right now and i kept i wasn't saying it right 
and he did and he didn't correct me so i would sound like an idiot <laughs> i can see that chipper's pie at Mc, oh yeah yeah mcnoggins <laughs> but he's just gonna call it mcnoggins now that's the new name we're gonna change it mm-hmm. um no, that's great um what a great place um i actually saw a part of that live performance you played uh, i watched it on facebook uh yeah, great man what shows i've had in a long time <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot in there and i <laughs> Is that a short sleeve shirt and everything? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you couldn't tell uh, from our side. So, um, you know, I don't, is it all the lights? Is it the? It was just uh, all the bodies in there, and they. Uh, it was winter time, so they d- didn't have the AC on, and all the bodies warmed up the room. Yeah, and it yeah. was just it was sweltering. <laughs> a little sauna. Um, no, I love that. Um, okay, cool. Um, and when are when are the Austin Music Awards? When does that happen? They happen around South by Southwest in March. I think voting is closed now. Yeah, voting is closed. Yeah, because the nominations are out. And um, well, yeah. so the yeah, well, man, that's going to be awesome for you. Um, however you look at it, it, it's still a great um, accomplishment. And thank you. Just great to be around, surrounded by other musicians like that. That. Um, Maybe in your head, you're like, oh, I don't belong here. But let me tell you something, man. You do belong there. So Thank you. You really do. Um, yeah, this has been an absolute honor to talk to you. The time flew by. I always love podcasts like yeah. this. I know the conversation just flows, just goes, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, you got it, dude. Your music is great. I've been listening to a lot of it. You're amazing on, Thank you very much. on the strings, bro. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. It really is. Um, you can see yourself get lost in it. I can see you getting lost in there. And you're on that spiritual journey. That's see it. it. It's awesome. It really is. Um, it, it's uh, what we want as fans, and you're a fan too of music, right? You want genuine, you want authenticity. And that's because you can't fake that, right? right. You, can, you can learn everything else. You, you can learn, uh, you, can, you, know, you can study, whatever. But you, that is just something so, yeah. you have or you don't. I just stay true to what makes me happy, what I want to do. And I never let anybody tell me what to wear and how to sing and what song to sing. And, and uh, I'm just kind of follow my own path wherever it goes. Unless you got a ponytail. And then it's like, <laughs> I'm just well, I got, you always got to have a good friend. Your corner yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell you the truth. Apparently I don't have a good friend. It's He's like Patrick. To, yeah. Yeah. You don't no, have man, an ulterior motive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, listen, man, my best best of luck to you uh, the rest of the year and best of luck to you on that and, you know, touring and new songs and new albums. I'm sure it's all going to come to fruition. Um, and, you know, just shout out to your dad and his band too, man, and the impact they made. Um, it's yes, really uh, been a lot for a lot of us out here as fans. So everybody to look up uh, Uncle Walt's band and uh, members are Walter Hyatt, David Ball, and Champ Hood. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so thank you so much, man. My best to you and your family. Please uh, try to stay warm. Snowpocalypse part two. Um, I think Austin's getting it a little worse than Dallas, to be oh, yeah. honest. It's um, beautiful if you're indoors and don't have to be out there. Yeah. Yeah. So just shout out to all the people that are having to work in this and take yes, care of the you. cities and those sorts of things. Um we couldn't do it without him. So yeah, thank you to those people. Um, so thank you again, man. This has been amazing. Again, an honor for me. And uh, yeah, so excited to share this and, and get this out there, man. What a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is awesome, man. Thank you so much, brother. Have a good Bye. one. All right, brother. You've been listening to the Lone Star Plate podcast with your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. For more info, go to lonestarplate.show.